0: The Outlet, the voice of Central.
1: Welcome to the Outlet. I'm your host Brent Harbour, In this podcast there are two great initiatives going on in Central. First up, we talk about Martungie Station with Andrew Darling from Moa and its dedication to preserving public access with the sale of the station and Moa's involvement to securing its future. And then I chat with Trevor Lawrence from Ice and Line. Trevor tells us about the transformative journey of their $1.6 million roof project as we talk about the progress challenges and their ice Brick fundraiser initiative.
0: Local voices, local info, the outlet, the voice of Central.
1: Here's a great event happening in Central. The Triumph TR National Weekend, proudly sponsored by Māori Point Wines, will be held in Pioneer Park in Alexandra. So make sure you come along and view these amazing cars and meet their crews. In fact, 17 of the cars on display are taking part in the Keipereanga to Bluff run. All the info can be found by clicking. Clicking on the Things to Do button, then what's on, on the central app. Andrew Dowling is from MOA. Now, MOA and its members are working hard to preserve public access with the sale of Maatangi Station. We talk about where the process is at and MOA's involvement to securing its future. G'day, Andrew. Welcome to the Outlet Podcast. Thanks very much for the your invitation. You're very welcome. So, can you please tell me a bit about MOA? who you are, what you do, and who are your members?
0: So MOA, it's um, MOA, Mountain Bikers of Alexandra. Unlike the bird, we're not extinct, but a bit like the bird, we come in all shapes and sizes. And if you're anywhere around the Alexandra district, you may see us popping up from behind some rocks or out of some gullies as we ride our bikes around the area. So the club was set up um, as volunteers back in 2000 to promote and support cycling, particularly mountain biking in Alexandra. So you've got a good active group. We do a lot of trail maintenance in the area. So if you're down that area riding and you see some of those trail ferries out there, they're quite likely to be members of our club. So looking after those trails, that keeps us pretty busy. But yeah, we like to be active in the community and just yeah supporting everyone who comes to ride bikes in Tago because it's a real draw card for our region.
1: Now, a lot of people know Martangi Station well. I mean, it's a huge farm up behind Alexandra's Clock. The site of, you know, mountain bike tracks and locals love it for walking, running and biking. But it's been up for sale. So what is Moa's involvement to date?
0: The station is for sale and currently there's a recreation permit, which has been in in place for three years, which allows walking and cycling access to an area up behind the clock. It's about a bit over a thousand hectares in there. Now, with the sale of the property, there is a risk that we may lose access to those trails now, there's uh, 140 kilometres of trails available in there, which we feel for our youth, for their well-being, just for outdoor activities, and just for the for general pleasure of our people. It's a really important part of our of the Alexandra, I suppose, culture. You talk to people, they remember four-wheel driving, motocrossing, walking, biking through there for years. But that was always, you know, from permission granted by the Sanders family, and it was just brilliant they did that. So... What we're looking to do is to try and protect public access to those trails in perpetuity. So we've sat down with Helen and Brett Sanders and have worked through an easement agreement which would allow the farmer to farm the land in between the trails and farm it profitably because that's very important and to allow walkers and riders access to the trails to enjoy them but not to interfere with the farming operation. So we've been pretty busy over the last couple of months just trying to put that together.
1: So how are your discussions going? I mean, have you got close to an agreement on price? And and when will we know more
0: about that, Andrew? We had a public meeting in the middle of February, and that was great. We had over 200 people come to it to hear about what we're trying to do. And as people say, it sounds pretty rushed. Well, yes, it is. We really only got notification this last year, so I've been really pushed hard to put an offer together. But they, they greatly supported us, and we've had about 700 people on an online pledge also support the purchase of this public access easement. And so we've then asked people to give an indication of how much money they, they think, they feel they could pledge. But that then gives us the opportunity to go to other grant granting funders, um, other businesses to say, hey, the public do believe in this. We think it can work. Can you throw your support behind it as well? Because this it's going to come at a cost, you know, this is going to be difficult for the farmer. They don't really want a whole lot of people walking and biking around their front yard. So we've got to make it attractive to them and it's a real opportunity for us here to be able to purchase this easement because another farmer may not um, have the appetite to do that.
1: I mean, it's really great that people are willing to chip in and assist with buying it. How do they know that they won't be asked for more money? I mean, what do you say to them about the push for funding?
0: So at the moment... The offers have closed currently for Martangi Station. We've got an offer on the table, and John Sanders tells us that he's, he's considering our offer with others. So in that, the value of our offer is got to be dependent on how much John Sanders needs to be able to stay on the farm. So if we can purchase the easement for a price that allows them to refinance with their banks, then they can stay on the farm. And and I suppose at Moa, we see that as a win-win for the Sanders family and for the people of Alexandria. So still waiting to get what that final figure is, but I'm quite confident we can reach it. And in the back of your mind, you've got to remember what you're purchasing. Yes, there's going to be a, a cost to it, but for 140 kilometers of trail and a mountain bike park we already know works, I think that's incredibly valuable. And there's also the option to investigate whether dog walkers and horses can be uh, worked into part of that, that easement access as well. So it's it's not just about biking, is trying to make this work for our whole community.
1: Absolutely. So there's been a lot of work going into this. How long has it taken to draw up the
0: easement proposal? It wasn't much of a Christmas or New Year this year. Brentham, i that. It was pretty busy. Oh, we spent many hours over this, and and, uh, yeah, a lot of meetings, just discussing things. If a sheep poo's on the track, who's responsible for that? (laughs) Compared to a bull digging a hole in the track. So it's been pretty full on since the end of December. Uh, I think we've got a very good easement document there. So while we're waiting for John's response as to whether our offer has been successful, in the background, we're setting up our publicity and fundraising side so that we'll be ready to go as soon as we can to raise the funds. And so we're just hoping that we're successful with our offer.
1: There's so much involved that people don't understand. The health and safety aspect, uh, the paperwork alone, would be mind-boggling, right?
0: Yeah, it, it is. It's being run as a park now, so we, we've got that, I think, okay. It's just trying to find that easement document that you know, allows a farmer to farm it, that we're not encroaching on their operation too much. I mean, yeah, health and safety, I and mean, certainly as mountain bikers, we keep the physios, dentists and doctors and didn't he? And then Alexandra, pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not getting a few bruises, you're not going fast enough.
1: <laughs> uh, absolutely. And, you know, if people want to get involved, Andrew, what's the best way to find some more info online?
0: They so go along to our website. So it's um, mtbofalex.com, or just or Google Mountain Bikers of Alexandra. You can get onto our webpage, and on there we've got a Martini update link, which, yeah, takes you through to the information, all the information we have there but also people can click on that and then show us their support, and if they're supportive of it, whether they'd be able to put some money forward.
1: Now, look, I hear that you're training on your cross-country bike for the Prospector as well. How's that going?
0: It's going oh, well. It's, uh, you couldn't live down here and not take up the opportunity to ride around Martangi and Ernstleu Station. Oh, it's just it's a beautiful part of the world. Since my wife and I moved back down here for, well, after being 30 years in the North Island, We've kept the bike shops going pretty well. Bought two e mountain bikes and I've bought a cross country bike. So I'm making the most of it. So training's going well. Really looking forward to the three day prospector. And it's, yeah, it's a great way to showcase Alexandra once more.
1: Oh, it is. It's great. And it's getting lots of recognition here and around the world, actually. It's just such a great event, isn't
0: it? It is. And so, and this is bigger than just, say, central Otago. So we are going out to all of the the bigger names for New Zealand cycling, even people who have done trips down to the South Island and, and have. So cycled Martini, because we think, yeah, you know, this is a real gem and it's a real jewel in our crown and it's not just for the people of Alexandria. We want to keep this public um, access open. For all people in New Zealand and around the world who want to come and enjoy Matingi.
1: Yeah, oh, look, it's great. I know there's a bunch of people working alongside you, Andrew, but I really appreciate what you're doing, and thank you so much for chatting today.
0: Thanks, Brett, and we look forward to seeing you out at the back of Matingi one day. Oh, that'll be brilliant. For the latest local news, sport, information, and entertainment, download the Central app. This is The Outlet.
1: Coming up shortly is my interview with Trevor Lawrence from Ice and Line. We'll find out more about their $1.6 million roof project. But first, let's have a look at some job vacancies listed on the Central app as of Feb 23. The Outlet. Jobs Board. Picture Store is a boutique lodge with an award-winning restaurant. And they're now looking for a part-time chef. The role is 20 to 25 hours per week, and it's on from now until April 30th. Alexandra Minibuses has a part-time passenger driving position available. It requires you to drive in and around the Clyde-Alexandra area. The work is mainly evenings and you must have a Class 1 license with a P endorsement and Age Concern Otago is a well-established NGO working across Otago to celebrate, connect, support and respect older people in the community. They're looking for a tertiary qualified professional with sound experience and community work to join their central Otago team as a community social worker, including responding to reports of elder abuse. You can find these jobs and more by clicking on the jobs button on the central app. This is The Outlet. From your central app. Trevor Lawrence and a group of volunteers have been working on the $1.6 million roof project at Ice and Line. Now, the roof is set to redefine the ice rink experience. We talk about the progress, challenges and their Brick fundraiser initiative. G'day, Trevor. Welcome to The Outlet podcast.
2: G'day, Brent. How are you doing?
1: Very good, thank you. Now, have you ever thought about ice skating so much in the middle of summer before? <laughs>
2: Good question. Well, as you may tell from my accent, I am Canadian, so to answer that, it kind of determines what month you determine summer at. So I've been in New Zealand almost 20 years now and been in the local community of Central Otago all that time, been part of the ice rink in Alexandra all that time as well. It's one of the first things I did when I got into the community. I looked out for the local golf course and the local ice rink, to make a whole bunch of new friends, and that's been great. I worked down at the Clyde Dam with Contact Energy. So those three things, if you ever want to move and relocate to another country, I highly recommend that you get involved with clubs and community sport and join a big, giant concrete structure in the middle of the river. um, So the New Zealand summer, beautiful, hot weather in central Otago. I have been thinking a lot about ice rinks the last 12 years as I've been, I guess, spending a lot of my summers planning for what's been happening at Ice and Line recently myself and the committee there is no stopping we've been meeting monthly for years talking about this structure in the off season and during the winter season we're very busy volunteering our time to keep the facility open and running so i'm gonna have to say yes it's been ongoing and maybe it'll come to a pause or a bit of a break coming up in a few months, but uh, it has been a lot of fun.
1: So how life-changing is this $1.6 million roof going to be for users of the ice rink, Trevor?
2: Oh, it's, it's quite significant. I don't want to say it's going to change people's lives, but it's certainly going to make things a lot easier for those who are the custodians of the facility. The amount of work that you have to do to maintain an outdoor ice rink and the ice quality is enormous and with the central otago weather being hot and cold and windy and rainy keeping that ice surface usable for the patrons is a huge amount of work and i can't go into the number of people that maintain the ice using the ice groomer on all the clubs but all those individuals looking after the ice will welcome this much more reliable environment as far as the users are concerned we get users from all over the country and I suspect, and I haven't banked on any of this, but I suspect that the reliability of the facility will increase enormously. So if you wanted to host uh, a birthday party or a 60th uh, wedding anniversary, or even just a corporate event, and you traveled here from far or wide, you can now be guaranteed that you'll get a, a good product when you arrive in Alexandra. The... The structure and the facility and the ice will be usable. You won't be rained out and or blown out or or too much sun enclosed. That's the idea of the roof, no walls. And I think the users and the ones who maintain it will just see huge value and benefits.
1: How many weeks away from completion are you, Trevor?
2: Great question. So the committee is working on opening the large olympic size ice rink in probably the second weekend of May. So that is on target. The roof is probably before Easter at this stage. The team from Colorers Group Wanaka have been very busy and they run a pretty tight ship. I think the cranes arrived today to install the roof panels that have been delivered from Hamilton uh, in enormous trucks. The panels themselves are half of the span of the roof, which is 34 and a half meters. So these panels are pretty long. They're insulated panels with all approved fire-rated polystyrene in between some metal, and they'll be lasting for years with very little maintenance. But the massive trucks and and uh, kind of logistics to get them down here has certainly taken a few phone calls and organizing by the team. So if the roof panels go on this week, which is looking likely, looking at the wind and the weather, then I think we're coming down to. Uh, the small details of the project, electrical and, and fire systems, a bit of paint and a bit of maintenance. So we're, we're going to be easily at this stage uh, meeting our target of middle to early May to open up the large facility. Oh,
1: that is brilliant. What have been some of the challenges along the way, Trevor?
2: In the last couple of months or the last 12 years? <laughs>
1: Either or, it's entirely up to you, my friend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have been involved with many on the committee for the last 10 or 12 years since the roof idea. But the roof idea has probably been even longer than that. I won't get into all the details of the whole 12 years because that might be another podcast in its own right. But the last few months, there have been a number of decisions just confirming products because there are some different options out there that provide a different, I guess, engineering properties or different kind of future proofing capacity. So at this stage, we've made some decisions to keep our budget lean and at the same time enabled future work to be established. So for example, there is a wall that is only a couple of meters deep. We call it the sunshade wall, and that would be to keep the sun off the early morning, off the structure. And we've just decided to park that particular piece of the project until a little later on. We might still sneak it in this year, but there's been a few decisions like that to kind of say now or later. And it's been a good, healthy discussion about all that at the committee level. And I think we've come to a good landing. There have been very few other issues. The council's been really productive and, and clear on their expectations uh, through their building team, which has been good. And good communication from the wider board. So once the project got some approval through through some monetary budgets, the uh, the process has been pretty smooth the last few months, to be honest. Tell me more
1: about the ice brick fundraiser that the club is also doing alongside the roof build.
2: Excellent. I love talking about selling ice. <laughs> the roof capital project has been well supported through the main funders, Central Lakes Trust, the Vincent Community Board, Otago Community Board and Lotteries. And that project, as I said, is on budget and, and it's going to be quite successful. It's kind of like painting one wall in an old room or an old house. The rest of the facility is being looked at. Now we've gotten the major projects done. And those to recap, we had a, a Zamboni ice creamer purchased a few years back. We replaced our refrigeration plant that now heats the local pool down the road. That was done six years ago. And uh, we've also been successful in building the two-lane curling, indoor curling structure at Ice and line So the roof kind of finishes our four major pillars of capital projects, just north of $3 million probably in the last seven or eight years. So it's quite a substantial bit of money and quite a lot of time and energy from a group of volunteers. So now we're quite trying to say, you know what, we want to finish off the rest of the building, the grounds, put in some dashboards are what they call the fancy glass and boards that go around a traditional ice hockey rink and the, um, other improvements, which aren't anywhere near as major as what we've already achieved. But we think that there are a lot of community members, businesses, neighbors and users that if given the opportunity could help us fund those so we're selling a meter of ice at the present time for the 2024 season for hundred dollars and an ice rink has 1800 square meters so you do the math you can raise quite a bit of money those who are able to contribute will get recognized in various ways through thanks and members of their family will be recognized on a board at the rink saying that they own a bit of ice and businesses as well. It is a community facility, and I think it's a great way to engage with those who may think it's run by the council or part of your rates, but it's neither of those two things. So those who could afford a little extra money, we've just given them the opportunity to hop onto our iceandline.co website, and uh, you'll see it quite clearly that there's some links and information of how to operationalize this payment through the treasurer, Melissa, and we're hoping that the community engages if they could give a little bit of money, imagine us—you know how much we could achieve if everyone engaged with that.
1: Okay, so let's talk about your skills on the ice, Trevor. What are you good at?
2: I tell you, they, they say that getting old or young once, as I call it, is is—is uh, when you start to kind of decrease in your expectations of what you used to be able to do. So I am approaching 50. I've been playing hockey since I was five and I'm getting a little slower out there. So I have to use my mental capacity to outthink the others. I'm very much enjoying that. I've done a bit of goaltending as well to give myself something new to learn. I do a lot of refereeing as well of the local different leagues of the club. I have a a huge amount of fun with the various age groups and hockey players from the one or two that are still older than I am to introducing hockey to the youngest players that I can line. So I'm heavily involved in all aspects, but I must say the last few years, even though the club has grown, I've had growth in my volunteer pool as well. So amazing to see at an ice hockey practice or some of the public sessions, the 19 or 20-year-old, who used to be a 12-year-old, out there helping. And the parents and uh, of the kids are all getting their skates on as well. They don't know much about coaching for ice hockey or or skating, but I've taught them some basic drills, and they've taken up the challenge. And they're out there l- learning and, and doing it with their own kids. So it is so much fun to see and handing over those skills. I'm just going to go back and playing center ice for my team on a Saturday night and and watch the next generation kind of pick up the you know from where i've left off it'll be great to see that handed over
1: look it's just a great facility so what do you think people are going to get out of it i mean playing ice hockey but you know i know the kids just love to get out there and have a go on the ice right
2: they love it it is the fastest game in the world it is a great team game but you have to have your own individual skills you you have huge opportunity here to just play in the local ice rinks between Queenstown Gore take up to Dunedin even up in Naseby, just having local fun hockey meeting, like-minded people in in the local community. But also, we've had a number of players at the Iceland facility through the Plains Club go on to national championships, go on to play for New Zealand, go to Junior Olympics. So it's not the same beast as competing for major core sports like rugby or soccer. The, lo- the lower the pool of player in in the skating, curling, And certainly ice hockey kind of field means that if that's what your goals are to compete at the highest level of the country, there certainly is some pathway there. So each end of the spectrum is absolutely amazing when I tell people about the facility, but also each age group is amazing. From a five-year-old to a young once user curling on a Thursday night, we cater to all at that facility, even if you don't skate don't think anyone else, maybe a ski field, but not so much. I don't think anyone else can can be prouder than that, than the ice rink. And that's something to really grow on.
1: Well, thanks for all the work that you've put in. I mean, it is a great community facility. And you, you are offering people an opportunity to do something that hasn't been huge in the past. So I think that's great work. And I really appreciate you having a chat today, Trevor.
2: I enjoyed it. I uh, hope people will come and check out the facility when we open in May. Keep an eye out for it. We'll be doing a few a few celebrations as we kind of lead into the season. And uh, at this stage, the closing of the rink is yet to be determined, but we're looking in August. So we'll have a nice, reliable, open every day season. That's what we're planning for. Come along and check out the curling indoors, the ice hockey on a Saturday morning, Saturday night, or, or skating comps, or learn adult hockey, or learn adult skating. It's a huge amount of information on the website, and everyone's welcome. And the fees are... I don't know, they're pretty sharp. They're very competitive with other core sports in the area and you don't have to drive that far.
1: That sounds awesome. So online again, where do they go to check all that out, Trevor?
2: icestinline.co.nz On Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your
0: podcasts. The outlet.
1: The voice of Central. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Outlet. Now, if you have a story or an interview you think should be featured on The Outlet podcast, just get in touch by clicking on the Contact Us button on the Central app. The Outlet is produced and published by the Central app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. The Outlet is available on the main page of the Central app and wherever you get your podcasts.